scheduled or submitted yet, despite the language on the citation. I was so confused and afraid of the legal system, but he did it all for me. He communicated promptly via email with any of my questions. I was afraid of an enormous fine for a small infraction, as well as a criminal offense on my record, but he spoke to the DA to have my case removed from criminal court and put into the community court system. I am so overwhelmingly happy with the results he generated and would recommend him to anyone with legal issues. This is a personal first-person narrative because Francis J. Shaheda helped me personally, helped Mutiny Radio go to him for personal injury issues. You can email him at www.personalinjuryattorney.com. FJS.com. Again, the law office of Francis J. Shaheda in San Francisco. awesome and underground space for an event? Look no further than mutinyradio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party. Drove a Plymouth 
Shouted at from the nine desert, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, baby. I won't, I won't be too hard on you today.
said it and I'm the used to 9,000 and here's a shout out to everybody who needs to be shouted at people yeah peace keep it up people all right and welcome to Common Thread Collective and the Common Thread Collective and here we have sitting right next to me Rob right that's it hey Rob I like your smile you're good what's more of a grin (laughs) hey well welcome to we'll find that common thread thank you we'll let it flourish and this the spirit brings to me these words. Another set of words could get me before I turned 80 years old. I'm an old, what, what, gen, what do we call the generation that came before the hippies? Uh, the, uh, the dippies. Beatniks. <laughs> yes. Now, the dippies have gone all along. I don't think there's a generational group. Dippies, we're all dippies one way or another. <laughs> For sure, beatniks we were called in the 50s. That's what I came out. So I'd be one-third beatnik. One third hippie and one third punk as fuck. Here we are. <laughs> and this be Rob. We're gonna have a conversation. You're a storyteller. Storyteller. You're a spoken word guy and a poet. Well, we're gonna say we're gonna get we're gonna sample and hear what he does and see what kind of conversation ensues. Well, hey, uh, and Val is going to be coming in shortly. But I got my brother. Brother, how you be? How, good to see you. I'm glad you stepped right in. Yep, happy to be here. Good. And I was at the. Uh, at the uh, Harold Zim, uh, I thought we were going to have for the Harold Zim uh, book fair. Did oh yes, get, did you get there? Well, no. there was a lot of these uh, at Mission. Uh, if you weren't there, I guess I can still tell you at the Mission uh, Mission Branch City College, dozens of uh, people with their books, publishers of radical literature, PM Press, uh, uh, panels of every topic under the under the. Uh, under the umbrella of Harold Zim, People's History of the United States. Mm-hmm. And I have a couple books. They're gonna, the authors are going to be coming in or calling in. Uh, I thought it was going to be this week, but it's going to be next. One about Richmond. I've been reading this. It's a really good read. Refinery Town. Mm. Big Oil, Big Money, and the Remaking of the Amer- an American City. Steve Early. This is a really good read if you want to find it. And who wrote the foreword? Senator Bernie Sanders. Oh. And uh, and the other, the guy who spent many years in prison, 
He's one of the Panther 21. That goes back to the late 60s, early 70s, the Panther 21. And they've written a book about the, this is the New York City Panthers, the Five Barrels, and uh, and uh, this is their story, collective autobiography. Uh, and kind of the context is called Look for, Look for Me in the Whirlwind. And it's about those days when the Panthers were riding high. In fact, my name, Diamond Dave, was given to me by the Panthers. Oh, I didn't know that. And in, in the Fillmore, I was living in the Fillmore. My kids are Afro-American, Native American, Jewish. I mean, my wife was Afro-American, and um, they're the ones who named me Diamond Dave. I guess because people would come in, this is again, who's that white boy? What's he doing here? And he said, well, that's Diamond Dave. <laughs> and that stuck, and so I, that stuck, that took, and so here I am, Diamond Dave. So, Rob, we're gonna be, you got some music queued up there, brother? Yep. Okay, let's play some music, and uh, we'll get, 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 get this show going on. Great.
Everybody had matching towels. Somebody went under a dock, and there they saw a rock. It wasn't a rock. It was a rock.
and Booze and Weez and Maz and Wooza and Mr. Woodhill and Mr. Beach Hill and Mr. Churchill and all them hills, they gonna get it straight. If they can't straighten it, they know a cat that knows a cat that's gonna get it straight. But I'm gonna put a cat on you was the sweetest, gonest, wailingest cat that ever stomped on this sweet swinging sphere. And they called you Shaw Cat. The Naz, that was a cat's name. He was a carpenter kitty. Now the Naz was a kind of a cat that come on so wild and so sweet and so strong and so witted that when he laid it, wham, it stayed there. Naturally, all the rest of the cat looked to see what he putting down. There's a man, look at that cat blow. Get a, let the cat go, the man, look at, get out the way, let the cat. He said, man, don't bug me, get off my back. I'm trying to dig what the cat's seeing. Jack is a cool. They're pushing the nas, because they want to dig his lick, you see. Dig his milk a lick. So the nas say, <laughs> wait a minute, babies. Tell you what I'm going to do. I ain't gonna take two for 680 you cats, but I'm gonna take 12 of you studs and straighten you all at the same time. <laughs> you cats look like you pretty hip boys. You buddy with me. So the Nas and his buddies was goofing off down the boulevard one day, and they run into a little cat with a bent frame. So the Nas. Look at this little cat with a bent frame, and he say, What's the matter with you, baby? And the little cat with the bent frame, he say, Well, my frame is bent, Naz. It's been bent from me in front. So the Naz look at the little cat with the bent frame, and he put the golden eyes of love on this here little kitty, and he looked right down into the windows of his soul, and he said to the little cat, he said, Look what the Nas put on that boy. You dug him before, dig him now. Yes, I can feel it. Now you see the Nas are coming on so strong and so fine and so great. Talking about when's he going to appear next? What did he do there? He put it down once for the cat. The cat dug it, didn't dig it. Put it down twice, dug it, didn't dig it. Put it down the third time, the cat dug it. Wham! Walked away with his eyes bugging out here and there, bumping in there, everybody. Nas is coming on so fine and so strong. They're pulling on his coattail. They want him to sign the autograph. They want him to do this gig here. They want him to do that gig there. They they want to make it the radio, the video, and all that jazz. He can't make all that jazz. Like I explained to the cast of carpenter, the kid has got his own lake. But when he know he should show to blow and cannot go, because he got some strain on him, he sends a couple of these cats to the statement. So came a little old 50 cent gig one day. And the Naz couldn't make it, so he put it on two of these cats. He said, boys, go straighten that fat little riff over there. Boss said, take it off your mind, Naz. We got it covered. So on the way over, the boys run into a little old 20-cent pool of water. And he gets right in the middle of the boat. And all of a sudden, laugh, a thunderstorm, the lightning flashing, and the thunder roars, and the boat going up and down. And he pulled cats, thinking of a minute going to be the last. And one cat looked up, and here come the nest. 
cool as anyone you ever see right across the water walking and the Naz is a little boy on board I think his name is Jude on board the boat he say hey Naz can I make it out there with you Naz say make it Jude and old Jude went stomping off that boat, took about four steps, dropped his whole car, and the Naz had to stash him back on board again. So the Naz look at these kiddies and he say, what's the matter with you babies now? I said, what's going on here, boys? He said, what's taking place? He <laughs> said, what's all this fuss about here? What's going on? He said, man, I said, what's going on? He said, can't you see the storm storming and the lightning flashing and the thunder rolling? And the Naz say, I told you stay cool, didn't I, babies? Now the fame of the Naz is jumping. The grapevine is shooting out sparks 40 feet long, and they're talking about what he said, how stood up to all these big bad cats and dug all that bad jazz and put him all down. And what he said he's going to do and where he's going to be and how he's going to be it till the grapevine is jumping so bad, there is now 16 Thousands of these studs and kiddies in the Naz's little hometown where the cat lived looking to get straight. <laughs> the Naz, no, he can't straighten them all. There's too small a place to want to hang everybody up. Nobody can make it. So the Naz look out at these 16,000 studs and kiddies and they say to them, Come on, babies. Just got on out down the road. And there went the Naz, swinging away ahead of all these studs and kiddies and 16,000, stomping up a big, oh, big swinging beat behind them. And our great necklace of love is supercharging and charging to them. And oh, it's brother to brother and sister to sister. And the Naz is stomping out a sweet swinging beat, going down the road. Talking about how pretty the flowers, how pretty the hours, how pretty me, how pretty you, how pretty he, how pretty she. Naz had them pretty eyes. He wanted everybody to see through his eyes so they could see how pretty it was. And I have such a wailing, gorgeous, Mardi Gras time that before you know it, it was scoffing time. And these pole cats is 42 miles out of town. Ain't nobody got the first biscuit. Well, the Naz. Look at these cats, and they say they're kicking the sand out there. The Naz say, You hungry, ain't you, babies? They say, Yeah, Naz, we're digging you so hard what you're putting down that <laughs> we didn't prepare, Naz. We goofed, yes, that's what you call it. So the Naz say, Well, uh, Got to take it easier. We wouldn't want to go ahead and order up something you might not like, would we? And they say, no, Naz, you put it down and we'll pick it up. So the Naz stepped back a few paces and he said, Oh, great swinging flowers of the fields. And they said, Oh, great. Stop singing the song of beauty And the nurse say Stamp upon the terror And they hit it And the nurse say Straighten your miracle the body The body went a 
up and he says, straighten your arms. And the arms went up and he said, higher. And the arms went higher. And the nails say, dig in And they dug it. And when they did, wham! Thunder went through and they look in the left hand is a great big sweet stuffed smoked fish and in the other a big thick loaf of that gone crazy honey tasting non-stop sweet swinging southern bread why these polecats flipped Naz never did nothing simple when he laid it he laid it so when the saints, when the saints marching in, go marching in, when the saints go marching in, hallelujah! I want to be in that number, the saints go marching in. So when the saints, oh, when the saints marching in, go marching in, when the saints go marching in, Wants to be in that number. The Zeds go marching, rabbit in. And we're back. Oh man, that'd be Lord Buckley. I think that was from the 30s. We mentioned off the off air Lenny Bruce. And if there's somebody at our side right now, let me open up here. Have come to San Francisco. He'd been living on a uh, an island in the. Uh, in the Gulf of Mexico. He's living in New York City, and now he's come to San Francisco. I just don't see any flowers in his hair. <laughs> yes. But I think the flowers on the inside, and he can let us know uh, whether, he came, whether he had a purpose in mind, like so many others, uh, generations that come to San Francisco, to flourish. I call myself one-third beatnik. That was the 50s when I first came here in 1957. I'm 80. One-third hippie, that's the 60s, and uh, what was happening in the Haight-Ashbury, when people flock to uh, embrace the summer of love, and then one-third punk, punk as fuck, which was <laughs> the 80s. And here I am right now talking to you, and this be Rob. Hey, Rob. Hey, Dave. And this be Rob. He's come to San Francisco. Did you have that in mind, uh, that you're coming to come to share, share who you are with the world? Uh, yeah, nothing too ambitious. Maybe just saving the world just a little. Okay, well, save the world, start, expose yourself, come to San Francisco, it says, and wear some flowers in your hair, and I can think of all the generations who come for just that. So let's kick it off. Essayist, spoken word, storyteller, and man of means by no means, king of the road. Hey, Rob, uh, let's hear what you do. Let's start with a, uh, start with a story. This one is called Smone Soup. Once upon a time... Six strangers traveled far and found a village. They saw men lounging and lazing, playing games, farting and fighting, trying to break the world record for most people up a single tree. The men invited the strangers to join them as it was feast time. They humbly accepted, taking a, piece of, a place of honor at the communal fire. And then a most bizarre thing happened. Trays of food appeared. Oh, my goodness. Carried by disembodied hands. The hands set their burdens down and then left. 
As the men pounced on the banquet, the strangers tried to see where the hands went. Finally, when the belching grew loud, louder than the devouring, the strangers asked to understand the mystery of the hands. The men laughed and wondered whether there were no women in the stranger's own land. Well, the strangers replied that there most assuredly were. The men laughed and said they had their doubts, since the strangers obviously didn't recognize a woman when a whole gaggle passed by. Realizing that they meant the hands, the strangers said that women were fantastically different in their own land. The men laughed and asked whether they meant that they were more lazy. The strangers asked whether these hands were the entire women, or was there more? Well, the men said that they wouldn't have a village for long without the other women. The strangers asked to meet these women. The men said it was time for drinking and dancing and singing, but they would have the village runt. Show them one of the women. So the runt merrily led the way to three large structures at the outskirts of the village. He took one of the strangers with him. They entered the first structure where the women's hands were preparing more drink. From behind them, a group of hands came in, carrying the tools of the field, and then set to work cleaning the remains of the feast. The runt led the stranger into the second structure, where the hands were caring for the village children. Entering the third structure, the stranger's eyes boggled as he looked upon a row of wombs in varying states of fecundity. A group of hands were gathered around the fullest womb, which was birthing its contents. Four teensy hands slid easily out. Twins, the runt cried. He said the men would be disappointed it was just girls. The stranger asked whether there were any other kind of women. The runt said no. The stranger asked of heads or legs. The runt said that there were stories of such things, but they were only fairy tales. He said that he was going to ejaculate into a womb while he had a chance and asked the stranger to tell him if anyone was coming. The following morning, the strangers gathered to discuss what they had seen. They decided to disband as there were four roads and one river out of town and separately they could investigate this new world more quickly. One of them would stay in the village. A week later, the first of the strangers returned. He said that he had found the women's feet. They were being used to float a traveling continent. The third stranger returned soon after, saying he had found the women's breasts. They were being used as beds in a village where men took seven naps a day. Oh my goodness. <laughs> the fourth stranger returned soon after, saying he had found the women's heads. They were being used to unravel the secrets of infinity. The fifth stranger returned 
soon after, saying he had found the women's cunts. A village of artisans were using them to inspire the most beautiful architecture the world had ever seen. The sixth stranger returned soon after, saying he had found the women's hearts. They were being used to keep the men from killing all the monkeys in the trees and the fish in the seas, from killing all the plants that grow and rivers that flow, all the birds in the sky and all the babies that cry, and to stop them finally from killing themselves. The strangers gathered and began planning the work of making the women whole once again. The end. The end. Now that's uh, that's uh, that would come in my in my mind uh, that would come under the category of a fable. Absolutely. A fable is a, a, a fable. Now there's usually a, a a point that's being proved. There's usually a, a summation. Usually a um, tell me for one how how you came upon this. Did you work on it in tightness? It's pretty tight. There's no unnecessary words. I noticed that. Did you start with an idea and worked around that, or did the idea emerge in 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 the telling? The idea came. Um, I started about two years ago working on this project. Uh, I've taken every famous classic fairy tale ever written, and I've written a brand new version of it. Uh, this one in particular was based on the fairy tale Stone Soup, where the story where, you know, the stranger comes to town and he gets everyone to put, you know, a carrot into the soup and a, a potato, and, and eventually, starting with just a stone and some water, he has soup. So this was, this was my derivation on that. The, uh, the title Simone Soup was uh, a take on Simone de Beauvoir. Got that. <laughs> Simone de Beauvoir, I've mentioned it before on the shows, but she wrote the first real uh, feminist uh, bestseller, Simone de Beauvoir, Jean-Paul Sartre's uh, uh, right-hand person. The first really is a feminist uh, book of quite so called The uh, the Other Sex. Yes. And, uh, Le deuxième uh, sexe. That's it. Well, my goodness. And so Stone Soup. And we also have at the Rainbow Gathering, there are many different kitchens feeding the people. One of them be the stone soup kitchen, where they have a big <laughs> pot. Somebody throws a stone in, and people come. The, the, the idea is that people come through, and uh, somebody might have a few carrots or a bunch of carrots. Somebody might have some uh, potatoes, and they throw it in, and they have stone soup. Mm-hmm. So, so your stone, <coughs> stone soup becomes, through your telling, the uh, the construction. Of the female body, the female spirit, is that right? Yeah, yeah, but a That's commentary right. on how on how women have historically been treated and kind of, you know, dismembered and just used for their for their pieces, but not as a whole. What I say is when the goddesses galore, sisters glorious. That's one of the many lines that come to me from the spirit. Stone soup. Hmm. The stone soup on my mind. And the goddesses galore, sisters glorious, I took that to mean because uh, I can see that this is what happened. Women are stepping up. They're getting together. They're, 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 uh, they're transcending the separation that men have been put them in. Yes. And becoming whole, and we should, uh, they should be treated as such. The other sex, and I think that's what you're saying. Uh, that's one of the interpretations I have of that story. 
very tightly done, very interesting, and deserves to get out to people. I'm glad we're able to pro to provide this mic, and to all the folks hey out there, this on Mutiny Radio Land, hey there in the Common Thread Collective, we're doing that. Why well, I'm impressed, brother, with what you're doing. It took me on a trip with an inter some interesting, uh, which is what an essay, a um, does it his best is to take you there. Uh, take you there, a fable to take you there. Yes. And uh, based on a fairy, even more so, a fable to take you there. Well, do you have another one? Let's. Uh, sure. Let's get this, uh, this on the road. All right. How about a little sample of. Uh, a little sample of an essay. Beautiful. <laughs> this, is, uh, this is called Charity. Charity. Giving to those in need, offering a hand, a hand out, a hand up. What a heaping crock of shit. Now, stay with me on this one. We're going to the land of the looming larger picture, where charity is just a boondoggle for tiny minds. Now, in theory, the principles of charity are fine. If somebody needs help, help them. And even in practice, charity can be an amazing transformative thing. Everyday lives on this planet are helped through good works. Well, that's wonderful, and may even be part of the spiritual growth of the human race. But from another point of view, charity is just neurosisis masturbating while home burns. Pat yourself on the back. You helped those baby seals, unwed mothers, and uh, hailstorm victims. Take that tax deduction. You earned it. Charity is practiced by three groups. A. Middle-class people, terrified of becoming low-class. B. Rich people, terrified of being killed. And C. Well-intentioned people who don't know what else to do. Now, there is overlap between these groups, and I'm not urging any of them to stop. I'm just saying that charity is a band-aid on an amputated arm. The roots of humanity's problem run far deeper than charity will ever fix. The helping out principle is correct, but the proper application cannot be enacted in a world fundamentally driven by the principle of hoarding. Our most basic relationship with life exists in a paradigm of self. What will I achieve? How will I be remembered? What can I afford to share? And when will I be loved? What can you afford? The moment those words have escaped your lips, you have taken your seat among the damned. We need to radically alter our most fundamental outlook on life and return to the human condition wherein sharing is as natural as breathing. We need to restore to our children a world where denying anything one can give to anyone who might need it would never cross anyone's mind. The paradigm of self doesn't work. 
It's created a race of the most mean-spirited, short-sighted, fearful, pitiful wretches the world has ever seen. Creatures for whom no atrocity has been left uncommitted. And no horror is unthinkable. It's time to put a 10,000-year-old failed experiment to rest. Well, it's got some manifesto, humanifesto, I'd call that. Humanifesto, absolutely. Going from here to there is how it's done. Well, here's a poem. I want to, a poem I want to share with you, a poem of mine, which is aiming at the same thing, but it's also about how it works. Well, take what you need. Give what you can, where you can, when you can, however you can. In other words, lend a hand. What happens then? Strangers become friends. Friends become family. Family becomes community. And community on the move. Well, now that's our movement. Because, hey, we were brought together for a reason. That reason is that we love one another. Brought together for a reason, and that reason is that we heal one another. Brought together for a reason, and that reason is that we complete one another. Brought together for a reason, and that reason is that we complement one another. Like what? Yin and yang. Left and right. Up and down, old and young, man and woman, rock and roll. <laughs> That's the process. 10,000 years is a long time. I mean, indigenous people, in many cases, weren't doing all of that. Uh, a lot of that has come with, uh, with the growth of Western civilization, it seems to me. Or you can, but you can see some of the seeds planted to the kind of negativity that you're talking about. Yeah, and yeah. Of course, the question is, that we, how do we... Uh, how do we go from uh, from where we are now to this ideal world that you uh, propose in your essay? And I think that uh, that's be the mean. And what are the means? What do you say the means to go from there, from there to here, from here to there, from there to here, from here, to, from there, from here, there, here, there to that uh, kind of ideal world that you have in mind? Well, the, the reason that I, I pegged 10,000 years ago wasn't random. Uh, that's the estimate on when the agricultural revolution began. And so it goes back to hunter-gatherers were okay, but the, the seeds of destruction are planted with the agricultural revolution. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. In a sense, we the human race has been undone by our own cleverness because before we had agriculture, we didn't have surplus. And so it was only once surplus began that all of a sudden the concept of mine was born. You know, we didn't need the word mine before that. And all of a sudden, we had piles of stuff, and suddenly people were pointing and saying, well, that's my pile. That's not your pile. Well, you know, oh, good, 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 uh, the people who lived here, the na indigenous native people who lived here were called the Alomi. Hmm. There's uh, uh, threads and, uh, and, uh, and communities of native people all the way up and down the coast. A lot of them were wiped out by the coming of a white man um, in the full ascent. But here are the Alomi. And if you go down to, uh, if you go down to the bay, you'll find in certain places shell mine, shell, uh, shell mounds, that go on for miles. We had fantastic shell mounds in Florida. Oh my gosh! And the shell mounds just uh, you have the shell mounds here, and I'm sure there. This was uh, the, the San Francisco Bay at that time. This is before the coming of all the, the, the all the poisons that were put into it. All the stuff that was thrown into it was fr fantastically fruitful. 
and the, the native people here could live off the bay. And the Ilomi, the, 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 the Ilomi people, could live off the shelf of the shellfish that lived in the bay. And uh, there's a book, in fact, that I want to recommend, I'd love to do that, by Ma Malcolm Argeridge called The Ilomi Way, which talks about uh, this network of small villages, a few, a few families, a few hundred families, families that went, went all the way around the bay. With, uh, I imagine like, when I go on the hill, up on the hill, and look down at the city, look down at the bay, uh, it will come to my mind what it looked like back then, whether it, where, where you could see a whole network of villages with paths leading from village to village, and uh, the, the paths where people would go and visit one another and so on, and they lived on the, on the shellfish. The shell, shell mounds are still here, and that was before your mine and yours that was before. That was still the time of ours, the Lomi. The uh, in Florida, it was uh, on the island where I lived. It was the Calusa Indians. Calusa, and, and there are none of them around. But by legend, they were larger than than any of the other tribes in Florida. Physically larger, and huh. and the uh, there's a the place called uh, the Shell Mound uh, on on the island where it's a it's a brilliant, sad example of of how. The white Europeans, you know, we are we're slowly starting to have a little appreciation for those who came before us. Now that we've you know killed them off, but uh, what happened was you know accidentally um, there was uh, they were parsing up this island, dividing it into lots, developing it, and in the fifties uh, someone was building a house on the the one mound. It was a little hill. They didn't realize oh it's a hill on the island, and someone was building a house there. And they put a pool in, in 1980. And when they were excavating for the pool, they discovered this incredible 15-foot shell wall. And finally, finally, someone got hip enough. They looked at the photos. You know, the pool was built. But then someone looked at the photos and said, wait a minute, this isn't, that's not a natural formation. And so they excavated the pool about, you know, 20, 30 years later. And they turned the entire place into a museum. And it's, you know, accidentally, I mean, the archaeologically, it was perfectly sliced down. So you see the entire development of, of the wall, and they, they can pinpoint exactly, you know, at what year that section, and then, you know, through the centuries. And it's, it's an amazing, accidental piece of archaeology. And the common thread, of course, is that here, the shell mounds that go on for miles. <laughs> In fact, uh, right, the Ilomi people... Have now they want to build in a kind of a strange kind of uh, parallel. They want to build this uh, this uh, this housing shopping center on one of the great the shell mound, one of the center where the Lomi village was, and they're stepping up and protests are going on. Do you know about that, uh, Roman? Yeah, I have heard about that. And also earlier when we were speaking about the Calusa, there's a street in Berkeley called Calusa. That's right. That's really? That I thought of yeah. <laughs> and I had never uh, made that connection before. Is it spelled C A L U S A? It's C O L. C O L. I think that's not the same. Yeah. Well, yeah. That, the letters changed down through history and so on. Calusa may, may well be Calusa. We can look and yes. see, yes. Google it, and see if there's some connection, but there's a connection in our minds. Yes. And so, indeed, the Shell Mound people, the Ilomi people. And if you want to find a really good book, it's in paperback, too. It's called The Ilomi Way. Which tells us about this stuff, and no longer before the time there was me and yours and my mine, 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 but in which people lived cooperatively for so many thousands of years.
And you asked, you know, what was my, my, my hope and my purpose? And, and it's, it's that. It's that, you know, people can get, it's easy to get so discouraged looking at the world. But I think, you know, my, I'm saying, well, let's look at our DNA. And I think in our DNA, we are sharers by nature. We just, we just have to figure out how to get past this 10,000-year travesty that we're stuck in the middle of. I'm going around the same old rat race, around and around and around. But I think you have to say, your generation... I notice more and more they call them millennials. I see what's happening. <laughs> I see community uh, forming, uh, community forming, and uh, Trump is such a bad example. I think that's going to go uh, uh, from outside and inside, the DNA, but also on the outside. People are beginning. We saw in the last election where transgender people were elected, many more women were elected. Transgender woman of color was, in fact, invited. And there's like the, the pendulum is going the other way. I, I was at an open mic last night, and I've done maybe 15 open mics in the past month, and it's the first time that I cried. Uh, a transgender person was, was reading a poem, and it's absolutely, it's the first thing that brought me to tears. It was incredible. Well, I say transgendering all past categories. We welcome all cool folk. You know you are, out here in the cutting edge. And now we got the... Uh, so we see as this goes on the last election, the pendulum went that way, and um, went to its more our way. Yeah. Yeah. Also, uh, I, I obviously don't speak for the entire transgender community. However, just do want to mention that today is December first, and it's World AIDS Day. So just to bring that to folks' attention as well. That's right. For the folks that we've lost, and also a shout out to the activists in ACT UP, uh, in particular in the '80s and early '90s, who did a lot to ensure that their friends and family members and folks in the community were taken care of. And it really was the people who had to force the hand of the government to actually do something about it. So just wanted to bring that up uh, today. As usual, and that's today. Yes, December 1st. Okay, I want to also remind my son Samson, Sapphire's twin, twin brother, did you meet? He died of AIDS. He was a beautiful young gay boy. I don't know if you met him. Hmm. But he passed. And Sapphire, his twin sister, she was just here. And uh, uh, now she's alone. And he passed, so let's, uh, and also for World Age Day, and all, let's take a moment. I'd like to say, no dead air. This is not dead air. This is lively air as we look back at our brothers and sisters who are past or going forward and what we need to do. The, 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 one of the purposes of, common, of, of this show is to put that out there and to find that common thread of people and what they're doing and so we can go forward, and you can hear this uh, from uh, from whatever. This is on the line. We had like 6,500 downloads hey, out there every month, plus those who are living lives. So that's a whole new audience. And we hope people can, uh, and we hope. I've been doing this for years now. Uh, first on the radio is that people can, so let's take that moment of silence. I said, deep breath, we do. Transgendering, all past categories. We welcome all cool folk out here in the cutting edge of social, political, cultural, and all those changes. Hell yeah. And so, so hey Rob, we got a sample of one of your, uh, one of your stories, one of your fables, a story about uh, an essay 
Um, an essay about what, what the common thread that we're looking for. Charity, yes. Yeah, charity. And the third, which you had mentioned uh, as we began, was uh, was a spoken word, is poetry. You have a poem. Here we go. Perfect. We're, we're in a loop. Uh, this is this is called Lost Planet. And I should mention that uh, there's one line of this that, spoken aloud, uh, you, you don't get the double meaning. Uh, just remember the two words, uh, the word rain, uh, uh, the two spellings. R-E-I-N? R-E-I-G-N. So you're going to hear, it's the last line of the poem, you're going to hear the word rain. And it's not the water stuff, it's, it's going to be the R-E-I. Got it. All right, Lost Planet. Welcome to the Lost Planet. <coughs> where inhabitants pretend they're not here. Behold the milling multitudes who absent themselves from this sphere. Look at all these fine folk in bars, numbing their pain and remorse, or wanting only to fuck and forget how this world went so off course. Compassion dulled, acuity annulled, drinking pleasure till they're sick, no longer human, just a walking, talking impersonation of a swizzle stick. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and now they play video games. It's as real to some as life. Being anywhere but here is their answer to all this strife. And in the embrace of God comes the rejection of self. Half in heaven, half on earth, you're just a lump on life's shelf. Reality shows with no reality. Clown rodeos of animal brutality. Antidepressants and Viagra, that's a cocktail for carnality. Oh my goodness. Candy for our bellies, candy for our eyes, candy for our nose, candy for our thighs. We've checked out of life. Only predators remain. Our species has left no forwarding address. Come sit in the acid rain. I get it. Rain and rain. <laughs> I get it. That's a pretty pessimistic view of where it is and where we're going. There doesn't seem to be a lot of hope. But at the same time, from what I can hear and see of you, that you do have, there's a hope somewhere. I hope that led you to San Francisco. Yes. I hope that you want to get this out, that maybe uh, you getting this out will help reverse course. Yes. Change course of the human race, and it's called Lend a Hand. You heard me say that. Yes. And I can see a book coming out. Hey, Rob, a book coming out, or whatever be the new modern media, blah, 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 coming out. They'll include essays, stories, and the spoken word poetry altogether. It would be poetry altogether. Is that how do you see what you what you'd like to be? The the first one that that I'm I'm hoping will come out is uh, a collection of the uh, the fairy tales, uh, about thirty classic fairy tales rewritten, and uh, it'll be the, the book itself will be called Fairy Heads. Fairy Heads, that sounds good too. I like that. I also, but I I also like the idea of anthology that would include uh, um, all the uh, spoken word. Uh, uh, stories, fairy heads, uh, fables, stories, and essays too, and spoken word too. Absolutely. And maybe some art. I don't know if you do some art, do you? I bet you could do. A little music. A little music uh, I also too. Do a little little ukulele. I've okay. written a few songs. Well, look, I want to say to you, 
I want you to think about what you'd like to do now that you're here and can feel what the atmosphere is and get some sense that we're doing something similar. There's a common thread to what we're doing here every Friday, 3 to 6. Yes. And I want to tell you, I'd like to let you know that uh, we're streaming live and people are listening can see what it is and they're streaming live at mutinyradio.fm Common Thread Collective 3 to 6 every Friday. And if you hear the podcast which goes up as soon as the show is over live, goes up and we're getting over 6,000, 6,500, isn't it? 6,500 downloads. That was last month alone. So people are listening. Probably it would take, it would take a while for a book to uh, get uh, that's down the line. A book that's so, uh, that's so looked for, so out, that get out. Uh, but this 6,500 people are downloading this. Brilliant. That's why I listen. So I want to invite you down. That just because you're here once doesn't mean you can't be here, and how you can't be, you can either. Uh, you it sounds like you have, in the last uh, time, in um, in on that little island in the Gulf of Mexico, <laughs> and in New York City. Where do you live? Living in New York City. Everywhere. Everywhere. Everywhere, everywhere but Manhattan. You know, when okay, you're that's... when you're living on a non-materialist budget, you end up in uh, Jersey City, Brooklyn, Queens, uh, Yonkers, even uh, oh, Astoria. Uh, just about everywhere but Manhattan. Well, okay, so you spent your time in New York City, and now you're here, so I want to invite you, that's, uh, that's, uh, I'm comprehending, I'm sure you have stories from all those places, uh, and uh, we're here to help you, to help those emerge, as well as a place to let your, uh, to, uh, to let what you've already done uh, um, uh, come out and be heard around the planet, how's that? Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, that's what we do. And so you're welcome to come by. All you have to do is show up. You don't have to always show up. And you will be included. My role is being your, uh, being the MC myself. Val will be a man. She'll be coming in soon. My co-host who runs the board is to make sure that nobody goes away sad. Nobody goes away mad. Everybody goes away glad, able to do what they came to do. And that's the idea. And people can also call in if you know people in our studio line. Can call in and um, we can put you on that way too. And it looks like we have there's quite a few folks here, so perhaps we can um, add some more more folks' voices on the show today. Oh, we're going to, of course. Yes. Thank you. I know, I knew that. We're, that's what I'm doing is winding up now. And so, if you have so one more thing you'd like to read, I'm going to go out and get the next one. We've got the next one is called the. Uh, it's a woman singer and a guy is going to play guitar together, and they're going to play. Let's make sure they're set up. You got something at hand to read it? Sure, uh, one more. Yeah, I have a clock in my head there, brother. <laughs> That's why I'm able to do this. A clock in my head, but thanks for giving me a heads up. Okay, you two. Why do people come in too? Give me, give me about 20 seconds to uh, find something Absolutely. Here. So thanks, everyone, for listening to Common Thread Collective here at Mutiny Radio. You can listen to us every day. Not every day. You can listen every day, actually, because the archive is up at mutinyradio.fm. You can listen to previous episodes. You're also welcome to call in. Our number is 415-550-0511. All right. The, uh, the last piece that I'll do is another essay, and this is called If Atlantis Rose... Imagine that Atlantis rose from the sea, its people alive and thriving. Imagine that they reached out to the rest of the world, offering trade and diplomatic relations with much to offer in technology 
and resources. Imagine that the world benefited greatly. But then, imagine that we started hearing other things. Imagine we learned that Atlanteans were not native to Atlantis. Imagine that they had invaded it, inflicting upon its natives the most flawless genocide in the history of the world. Imagine that Atlantis, with a tiny fraction of the world's population, was spending as much on its military as the rest of the world combined. Imagine that Atlantis often made trade relations contingent upon being allowed to build military bases in their partners' countries. Imagine that within a few years, they had a thousand bases all over the world. Imagine that Atlantis refused to sign the United Nations Nuclear Non-Proliferation Treaty. Imagine we discovered that Atlantis was the only country in recorded history to use nuclear weapons against human populations. Imagine that half of all the civilian-owned guns in the world were in Atlantis. Imagine that in any Atlantean town or city, the three most conspicuous establishments were bars, churches, and women's beauty salons. The bars indicated an unhappy population self-medicating. The churches revealed a populace in the grip of superstition and intolerance. The salons revealed that women's lives were defined by their looks. Imagine that a third of all Atlanteans were obese. The overindulgence of the feel-good drugs in fats, salts, and sweets, further underscoring their misery and need for escapism. Imagine that Atlantis jailed more people than any other country, five times greater than the global average. Imagine that half of their prison population came from an underprivileged racial group that made up only 10% of the total population. Imagine that a third of all prisoners were behind bars for crimes that had no victim. Imagine how you would feel about Atlantis. Imagine how you would feel if anyone you loved were to visit Atlantis. Imagine how you would feel if anyone you loved lived near an Atlantean military base. Imagine how you would feel if Atlantis began waging wars. Imagine that these wars increased Atlantis's control of global resources. Imagine all that. And now you understand how the world understands the United States of America. Allegory. I see it's an allegory. I see. Well, you'll be an amazing human being there, Rob. <laughs> Thank and you, And what Dave. you're coming up with, and uh, one thing I can do is reach up and offer you a chance. I'm not a publisher, but a chance to put that on the world, and also the fact that uh, uh, this is, uh, as you can see, this place is now packed. <laughs> oh, my, we have Sunnyland coming up uh, packed, and uh, it's like an open mic each and every Friday.
and uh, and uh, what I like to do is occasion community, and because you come once doesn't mean you can't come twice. Just become so just come on in if you at any time you're always welcome. Beautiful. And I'll make sure you don't go, go away sad. <laughs> you know, don't go away mad, but go away glad, able to do what you came to do because we're on the same page. Yes. Your politics, my politics, from the old beatnik, 80 years old, to your generation, the millenniums of today, it's emerging. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And Dave. we got Bernie. I mean, see, Bernie, he's going to be, uh, uh, he's going to be, he's older than I am. <laughs> no, he's younger than I am, but he's going to be older than I am. When he gets to be, um, when he's running, he'll be in his 80s. Yes, indeed. But I see what's I'm seeing rising. This is my little editorial here. See, living. I'm not saying, but I see a rising. And if Bernie steps back, says, well, I'm kind of old for this. But there's other things I'd like to do. Maybe I could be, be in the cabinet. But I can see, and I think it's time for a woman. Here, not here. Hillary woman. Long and I see, I see that Elizabeth Warren seems to be putting it forth, and I can't see somebody say, oh, she's just conventional. But everything I can see, she might be that, but she's not only that. And you, I, it's the power of, of, of imagery, of symbols. Uh, it, would, it would be staggering. Okay, well, let's help make this happen. This is the role of the Common Thread Collective. And enter stage right. Is it stage right? It is. Here's my co-host, Valerie. This is Rob. He's an amazing... Uh, Hello, uh, Valerie. He's an amazing poet, storyteller... Oh. And uh, and he's he's written a collection of of uh, based on fairy tales in which he makes them for today. And he's just been I've just invited him to be a regular guest here, and you'll you'll hear you'll hear you'll see what I'm talking about. And now we have coming up, we have Sunnyland, we have a stand-up bass, we got a guitar, and we have a a singer, a, a singer, and they're about to come up. They're setting up now. And so come on out, Val. So good to see you. Great to see you too. Oh, sorry, I'm late. That's all right. No sorry is needed. This my Roman has been doing an amazing job. Yes. Nice to meet you, Roman. Do we continue? Yes. The first family. Hey everybody! Happy Friday. Common Thread Collective here at Mutiny Radio. I want to thank a big, this is Global Val here. I really want to give a big, 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 big thank you to Roman from the Weekly Review for uh, filling in and starting the show and being patient and, and loving and uh, accepting my tardiness. I was uh, connecting with some old friends or some old uh, non-friends, really, if you think about it. It was a high school reunion lunch. Who does that? Um, you know, people here in San Francisco. I'm a San Franciscan. So I'm really happy to be back here and uh, appreciate that everybody's here at Mutiny Radio here at the corner of 21st in Florida, 2781 21st Street. You can come down and join us any given Friday. Uh, we are here. We have microphones that are open. And as you can hear, hot. So uh, if you got something to play, some music, you got uh, something to say, some poetry or some uh, activism or some art projects or anything community oriented, we're certainly uh, happy when you come through and you are a part of the Common Thread Collective where we cast that wide net, find the common thread let life flourish and don't panic we just keep it organic 
because this is free speech radio, folks. And here's a little music for you while we get resituated and I take over the boards from uh, Roman. And I certainly recommend that you tune into Roman's show, uh, the weekly review every Friday from 12 to 2. But especially today, he had a very exciting guest uh, palette. Uh, <laughs> he had a, two very exciting guests talking about Russian propaganda from inside Russia. Um, a two-hour, uh, a two-hour, uh, we're high school kids, so they're really tired, but uh, next week, uh, Roman's giving me their number, and next week, I'm going to invite them on the Common Thread Quack Group. Beautiful. Because they have a lot more to say than just Russia. They're two amazing persons, two amazing uh, Russian women, and uh, they really got some things nailed down. That's Once right. again, goddesses galore, sisters glorious. That's right. In so fact, he, speaking of that, Val, here's a little, uh, put some music on. Yeah, I got a little music for you from, uh, speaking of goddesses galore, sisters glorious. And this be Sarita, this, by the way. This is uh, Ast- Asteria Records, Rasteria. Because no one is illegal. One planet. One love. Humanity. Illegal immigration is just an illusion. If you think this untrue, better pick up the tools and walk, walk, walk. Illegal immigration. Show! 
Hello, hello, hello. Hey, the Common Thread Collective is rocking. Happy 420, everyone. It is 420 right now, just so you know. I don't know what that means. I don't know if it's any significance whatsoever. But uh, that's the hour and the minute. And I see that we have a band set up out there. There is a... Is that a cello? It's a bass. It's a stand-up bass. Sorry. And then we've got a guitar. And we've got some vocalists, uh, vocalists set up. So, um, welcome to the Common Thread. Hey, Dave, who, who have we got up there? Together they're called Sunnyland. Sunnyland? Sunnyland. Oh, right? nice. That's nice and, and, and uh, the Sunnyland, so I went to, uh, uh, Val, I'd like to say, hey, everybody, could you do a song and then introduce the members of the band and do a couple more songs? All Can we do that? Okay. All right. Let's do well, it. Should we start right away now? All right. Well, we're going to do a little song uh, comes out of uh, Virginia, a little thing called Blue Mountain. But you wrote this one, right? Uh, well, yeah, I did you write it. it. In I wrote it in Virginia, man, on a Blue Mountain. Okay. <laughs> here we go. I mean, uh, here we go. One, two, three, four. High up on Blue Mountain, far as you can see, there stands old Buffalo Mountain, that's where I want to be. Oh, run-down cabin there, just out from the still. I'll be drinking all moonshine whiskey and freezing on that hill. Well, I never go to town again. Never set foot there. People want your money and they just don't seem to care. Going down to the little river, swinging on a rope swing there. Drinking white lightning that burns with a blue flame. Well, I'm never going down again. Never set foot there. People want your money, and they just don't seem to care. Everybody wants your money. That's right. There's an old uh, run-down cabin there, just down from the still. We're drinking moonshine whiskey and freezing on that hill. I ain't ever going to town again. Never set for there. People want your money, and they just don't seem to care. One more time. High up on Blue Mountain, far as you can see, stands old Buffalo Mountain to where I want to be. There's an old rundown cabin there, just down from still. I'll be drinking all moonshine whiskey and freezing on that hill. Ain't ever gone down again. Never set foot there. People want your money and they just don't seem to care. People want your money and they just don't seem to care. Sunny land. Right. Yeah, that was a little thing out of Virginia. Sure 
Thank you. Very nice. Blue Ridge Mountains, okay? All right. How about a little, uh, how about Dream? All right, sure. All right. This one's about from New this has, I'm in this song, right? Yes, you are. Yeah, this, uh, this song is about uh, going down to New Orleans. And we met uh, Mark here. Actually, well, this is so Mark Hadeen. meet him at 4 in the morning. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Mark Hadeen over here on bass was down in New Orleans. Uh, and we went to Cafe de Monde. You ever been down there and drink that that coffee down by the river? Anyway, I'm Tim Yo, Simmers. Chicory. This is Allison Simmers, my wife, and uh, we're Sunny Land, and uh, we're gonna play this little thing called "Dream in Your Mind." Okay. Mississippi River Hot off 
August afternoon Sitting at the cafe tomorrow Don't you hear that jazz as it echoes off the street There's a dream in my mind Just a dream in my mind In my mind, just a dream. In my mind, just a dream. In my mind. Guys All right, so thank you, good. thank you. Yeah. How can you be found? Yes. Are you playing around anywhere? Promote you and let people yeah. know how to find you. Uh, we, we might just be playing tomorrow morning out on Valencia Street. <laughs> Valencia 19th. <laughs> Valencia 19th. Yeah, outside the park across from Amnesia. Oh, yeah, there's that little park right across from Amnesia on Valencia. We'll be happy to play at your house, too. Just call us up. Right on. So, Sunnyland, S U N N Y L A N D, right? Sunnyland, one word? That's right. That's right. Do you have a contact that we could let people know in case they want us want you to play at their house party or whatever? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got a number you want to throw out there? You want me up at. Five one five one zero four two one nineteen seventy seven. Nineteen seventy seven. Send me an email. Uh, Blues guys at Yahoo. That's easy to remember. B L U. Oh, there we go. Now we're talking. Blues guys. Guys at Yahoo. Perfect. All right. Hit me up. We'd love to. And you're always welcome to come by here. We're gonna jump into this song that goes into this next song. It'll be about the length of one song, but. It starts with a little blues song about uh, traveling down outside of Frisco, going down to Half Moon Bay. And uh, it's a little old blues thing, okay? Nice. You ever go down outside of Frisco? Heading down a half moon bay. Lord, you ever go down outside of Frisco? Heading down a half moon bay. Lord, you're gonna be traveling down on that one highway. Well, oh, me and my friend was a hitchhiking down by that Pacifica light. Me and my friend was a hitchhiking down by that Pacifica light. Lord, an old man in an Oldsmobile picked us up for the flight. Whoa, I'm heading up one highway mm, Heading to that eucalyptus tree Heading up a one highway Heading up to the 
eucalyptus tree. You know what I'm talking about? I know you've been there. Mm-hmm. I said, hold that, mister. You swerving. Now what you going to do with your tree? I said, hey, hey, mister. Lo, you driving on the wrong side of the road. I said, hey, hey, mister. Driving on the wrong side of the road. Don't you know what's up ahead? Place they call Devil's Slide. Lord, I got the Devil's Slide blues. Devil's Slide blues I can't lose. I got the Devil's Slide blues. Devil's Slide blues I can't lose. Please, please, mister, don't take another shot of that booze. Yeah. He said, what you talking about, my man? Pull out a glove, little glove compartment pistol and start waving it in the air. Oh, what would that say? Wave a pistol, prove he driving right. I said, please, please, mister, won't you? Let me out this car. My friend's about to die of fright. One more time. Lord, I got the devil's slide blues. Devil's slide blues tonight. out this car we all gonna die of fright yeah. all righty that's thank beautiful thank you that's amazing all right thank you now that was so cool uh, there, uh, we got one we got one more here yeah one yeah more absolutely perfect. a little thing hey, called the show? great american disaster <laughs> all right Right on, Sunnyland. We're happy to have you here on the Common Thread Collective here on MutinyRadio.fm. We are streaming around the planet on the internet, and uh, people are listening. So thank you for being here. Wow. What, uh, now, what part of the planet are we being heard on right now? All parts of the planet. <laughs> Anywhere you can access MutinyRadio.fm, you're able to listen to the Common Thread Collective. And uh, people do. Actually, last month alone, in the, well, it's December now, but in the month of October, we had over 6,700 downloads of this very show. So, on uh, all, all continents that we know of so far. Maybe not Antarctica, but we're getting there. Thanks for having us. It's a pleasure to play here. And uh, Mark here knows Diamond Dave quite a while going back. I won't say how many years. I, I only met Dave about 40 years ago. <laughs> yeah. What were you, five years old? Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He I'm 80. Again. <laughs> I no longer have the memory so, as I used to. Devil Slide Blues. No, we just played Devil Slide Blues. Dave, 
Oh, doggone it. Great American is that disaster. Okay. He's All right. All right. Yeah. Allison's on it. She's ready. Go <laughs> play that one on it. Keeping them in you, check. I wish you'd have said this thing only reached a couple blocks away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't worry. There's no pressure here on the common thread. in the morning down at Big Al's Soul Food Cafe Big Al's putting away the chicken and rice The poets is putting their napkins away Going down, going down the great American disaster. Headquarters of the CIA. Someday you're gonna get to traveling. You're gonna meet a lot of people. Some of them gonna be your best friend. Next thing you know. They gonna be off to some other country. And you gonna be alone. Great American disaster. Headquarters of the CIA. You see a lot of chrome. You see a lot of skin down there. All the waitresses is dressed like bathing beauties. And the burgers I served 
Thanks a lot. Thank you very much. Well, thank you. You that guys a, are amazing. Yeah, that was a really cool Delightful. song, too. I like how the CIA is the great American disaster. I agree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of a few. Uh, there are a few. I was thinking, oh, is it talking about the floods? No, no, no. no. We're talking about foreign policy, folks. That's good. <laughs> That's good. And Trump is the great American disaster. <laughs> and you see, He's it the great looks American like, clown. It looks yeah. like uh, the, uh, the Secretary of uh, okay. Foreign Affairs. Uh, the, uh, the, the Foreign Affairs. He's being eased out. He's going out. He's getting pushed. And Trump is beginning a guy who's more Trump-like. Uh, I guess he wasn't uh, Trump-like enough. The guy who's the head of the CIA now is coming in as a minister, the Secretary of uh, Foreign Affairs. You see that? Uh, you know, not not explicitly, no. There's oh. been so much news going on. I actually, when, oh when did that happen? Like today? Uh, last few days. Yeah, that happened about three last minutes ago. Last few days. Maybe last few days. We're going to go there. He's, on, he's going out. And he's coming in. Hey, we got his brother Jeff. Jeff called and asked, asked, invited himself, a volunteer to be, you use the word, to come on. He's a monologist. He came in with a T-shirt with, uh, honoring H.L. Mencken. Have you ever heard of H.L. Mencken, well? Yeah, it's he was a, Tell me more. He was a, he was the one who coined the term about the American uh, the Trump voters. In fact, who would fit this bill, the bourgeoisie, bourgeoisie. The, bo- the bourgeoisie. Is that what you're saying? Bourgeoisie. Yeah, like a bunch of boobs. Boobs, not be- boobs like breasts. I, no, I know. Boobs, okay. Boobs like 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 dunces. <laughs> yeah, like idiots, right? Exactly. I got you. And I'm I picking up what you're laying like, down, my friend. And he's he a really radical guy, but he was more radical. Uh, he wouldn't fit in with the writer of today, but he became editor uh, yes. of the American Mercury magazine, which uh, specialized in, in, uh, in this, uh, this attitude of the bourgeoisie, and you read it to feel that you're not a member of the bourgeoisie, and that was Menken. In fact, you had Jeff. Are you up there? He is up there. Jeff. And I, yes. remember, I remember, Jeff, you came in before because you have a, a, like a beat like a beatnik monologue that you did before. Yeah, I did, uh, Kerouac. Kerouac. That he wrote from uh, Dharma Bums, which is also part of the show I'm doing uh, next Wednesday at the Marsh called I'm Always Drunk in San Francisco. And uh, it's a series of monologues by uh, Jack London where he describes the earthquake uh, that he was involved in, now 06. Uh, Mark Twain describing living here and uh, what he went through was doing his first performance uh, solo show 
And, uh, and this piece I'm going to do is, uh, well, it's going to be a little odd here. I hope I can pull this off because it's very physical in the stage sense and uh, because I move around and all that. And, uh, uh, but anyways, it's by H.L. Mencken. He wrote it in 1940, and it's about the 1920 uh, uh, Democratic National Convention held in San Francisco. It was, like, uh, and it was held over at the Civic, uh, which is in the Bill Graham Civic, still there. It was just brand new. And uh, it turned into be kind of a different kind of convention. Prohibition had just started, and <clears throat> things were a little, well, you know, prohibition. But uh, San Francisco, of course, is a little different. Um, I'm supposed to have a, I mean, a podium is in front of me. You can imagine that, like at a convention. And so, I, again, I'm not sure how this is going to work. Yeah, you and we see that. you've got a gavel yeah. in your hand. So there's a gavel in my hand, like and at a convention. And also a little and, kind uh, of a Uncle Sam style exactly. campaign hat. Exactly, a conventioner hat. There you go. Uh, We're getting the picture. And then, uh, we'll see about the rest of it. Um, I actually use a megaphone, and I'm not going to just keep The convention will come to order. Take wine, women, and song, and plenty of a number one victuals. The belch and bellow of oratory, a balmy but stimulating climate. And it must be obvious that you have a dose with a very powerful kick in it. Well, this precisely was the dose that made the Democratic National Convention of 1920 holding in San Francisco the most charming in American annals. Well, the whole population shared in the credit for it. But chief praise went justly to the Honorable James Rolfe Jr., mayor of the town. Now, he was a man of bold imagination. And more than anyone else, he was responsible for the humane and enlightened entertainment of the delegates. Well, the heart of that entertainment was a carload of bourbon whiskey. Old, mellow, well, the best that money could buy. Well, the persons who go to Democratic conventions seldom see such wet goods. General rules to feed them the worst obtainable, and at the highest prices they could be swindled into paying. It is assumed they'll drink anything, uh, provided only to have enough kick. Now, Prohibition had gone into force only five months before the convention was scheduled to meet, and the Democrats arrived in San Francisco full of miserable forebodings. They feared that the San Francisco Bouticians, abandoning all reason, would proceed to paint remover and sheep dip. Oh, what a surprise awaited them. Well, the moment they got to their hotels, they were waited on by small committees of refined ladies and asked to state their desires. Well, the majority at the start was so suspicious, they kicked the ladies out. They feared entrapment by what were then still called revenuers. But the bolder fellows took a chance, and a few hours later, the glad word was everywhere. Oh, no matter what a delegate ordered, he got bourbon. <laughs> but it was bourbon in the very first chop. It came in quart bottles, and there was no bill attached. Woo! Ho ho! Yeah! Well, the weather. A series of days so sunshiny and caressing. 
Another was the hall in which the convention was held, a new city auditorium so beautiful that the assembled politicos felt like sailors turned loose in the most gorgeous bordellos of Paris. Downstairs in the spacious basement, there were lunch counters offering a whole repertory of West Coast delicacies at cut-rate prices. But under it all, of course, lay the soothing pharmacological effects of Jim Rolfe's incomparable bourbon. Mm. Ah. Well, the effects of that bourbon were so wondrous, well, the bourbon had a positively therapeutic effect and cured them of whatever they were suffering from when they got to town. The climax came on June 30th. It was the loveliest day of the fortnight, with a cloudless sky, softest whisper of a breeze from the Pacific. As the delegates sat there in their places, listening to the speeches, they could look out of the open doors of the hall to the Golden Gate. And it was at San Francisco in 1920 that the first lady delegates appeared in the Democratic National Convention. Well, the earliest bird amongst these stateswomen was a Mrs. Fitzgerald of Massachusetts. As she appeared on the platform, the band leader let go with, Oh, you beautiful doll! You great big beautiful doll! And La Fitzgerald's remarks were received with delirious enthusiasm. Huzzah! 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 But it was not the ladies, however, who made top score, but the Honorable Al Smith of New York. Well, Al, in those days, was by no means the national celebrity that he was to become later, so the band swung into On the Sidewalks of New York. Well, by the time the band got to the second stanza, someone in a gallery began to sing. Well, the effect of that singing was electrical. In 10 seconds, a hundred other voices had joined in, and in a minute, the whole audience was bellowing the familiar words. Well, the band played six or eight stanzas and then switched to Little Annie Rooney and the Bowery, the Bowery, and then to Maggie Murphy's home. The scene was unprecedented in national conventions. Well, the first delegate who grabbed a lady political and began to prance up the aisle was full of it. And so, for all I know, was the lady politico. Well, they were joined quickly by others, and in 10 minutes, Al was forgotten. The convention was in recess, and a ball was in progress. Oh, not many of the delegates, of course, were equal to actual wall scene. But in next to no time, a ground rule was evolved, which admitted any kind of cavorting that would fit into the music. Dun, 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 So the scene did gradually gather force and momentum. Well, by the end of the first half hour, the only persons on the floor who were not dancing were a few uh, anti-social uh, hard-shell Baptists from Mississippi. And for a while, the... <clears throat> For a while, the chairman, old Joe Robinson, made formal attempts to restore order. But after that, he let it run. And run it did, until the last huffer was exhausted. And then a young man named Franklin D. Roosevelt got up to second Al's nomination. Well, the bosses of the convention made plans the next morning to bring the proceedings to a close on Saturday. The delegates simply refused to agree. Their veins still bulged and glowed with Jim Rolfe's bourbon. 
the supply of it seemed to be unlimited. Day by day, hour by hour, the ladies' committee produced more. Thus Thursday passed in happy abandon. And then Friday, woo Well, on Saturday, somebody proposed boldly to bring their convention over the weekend. And the motion was carried by a vote of 998 to 26. Well, that afternoon, the delegates, each packing a liberal supply of bourbon, entered into taxi cabs and set out to see what was over the horizon. Oh, San Francisco was perfect, but they sweated for new worlds, new adventures. Well, on the Monday following, some of them were roped by the police in places more than a hundred miles away. I myself awoke on Sunday morning on a beach at Half Moon Bay. Well, that was caused not by Jim Rawls bourbon, but by the poet uh, George Sterling's Grappo. A kind of brandy uh, distilled from uh, California grape skins uh, with the addition of strychnine. Well, after the delegates went home, the Methodists of San Francisco got wind of the bourbon and started a noisy public inquiry into its provenance. But Jim Rolfe, who was a very dignified man, let them roar on without deigning to notice them. As a result, he was re-elected and remained in office until 1931. And in that year, he was promoted by the appreciative people of all California to the highest place within their gift. And there he remained until his lamented death in 1934. Thank you. And that was a monologue of H.L. Mencken. Wow. Thank you, Jeff. The So he had great satire about organized religion, conventional politics, and it all comes out there. That's amazing. Thank you, brother. Keep coming back. And when's this event? So, Jeff, yeah. Next uh, Wednesday, 730, March 6th at the Marsh, right around the corner from here. Okay, the uh, Marsh right here. The show's about an hour 10, get you out before 9. I'm sorry? Wednesday, December 6th? Wednesday, December 6th. And what time is that? 730. 730, and that's on the the Marsh Theater on Valencia Street. Uh Uh-huh. Excellent. So That's very cool. With, thank uh, you for and, and everybody. Yeah. Thank you for bringing history alive. And what's your what's your name? Uh, it's Jeff. Jeff. Uh, it's like share. Just Jeff. But anyhow, that that would be a very cool uh, experience if you enjoyed what you just heard. You'll get a full uh, monologue experience going on at the Marsh Theater here in San Francisco on Wednesday, December 6th, because it's already December. Happy December, everybody. It is December 1st, 2017. What a fast year it's been. Here we are at the Common Thread Collective here at mutinyradio.fm, San Francisco, right at the corner of 21st in Florida. If you've got something to share, music, poetry, writing, activism, art, uh, perspective. Come on down and join us. This is a community open mic. The doors, the mics, the minds, and the hearts are hey, Bill, open. Yeah, Dave. Get, uh, come on down. Do my eyes deceive me? Here they be. Uh, it's always so good to see you, brother. Here's Jorge Molina. Jorge hey. Molina, you missed my B-Day party. Good it was a happening. Everybody. 
Hi, Jorge. And here you are. I just turned 80, Jorge. So welcome, Jorge. Take it away, Jorge Molina. Thank you. I'm just here um, in a humble contribution to the proceedings, being that uh, Diamond Dave and myself known each other for a whole bunch of years, <laughs> several decades to be precise. 1967 was the, the time. Anyway, um, I'm part of the Mission Arts and Performance Project, and um, tomorrow is MAP, the Mission Arts and Performance Project will take place throughout the mission districts, about 12 venues participating. And there will be music, there will be all sorts of artistic expressions. And uh, I'm just gonna do a little contribution to the minutes of creativity. Say what you feel and feel what you say say what you feel and feel what you say the words are flying people are dying children are learning about war taxation for the rich is almost zero and taxation for the working class is paid. We are the people, we have the power, we have the words. Hay que hablar, hay que decir lo que sientes, hay que sentir lo que dices. Feel what you say and say what you feel. Blessed is the earth. Let's keep our water sacred. Stop the poisoning. Stop the greed that poisons this earth. Amazona, Amazona, Amazona is gonna die if we don't take care of her. She's taking care of us. She's giving us fresh air. Amazona. Life is a miracle, love is a miracle, we are a miracle, let's live the miracle. No, 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 no. Muchas gracias, thank you. Merci pour tout. Jorge Molina. Thank you, Jorge. Thanks for that. And don't Always. forget, Welcome. tomorrow, December, Saturday, December the 2nd, will be the Mission Arts and Performance Projects Festival. We have been putting on this festival for free for the last 13 years. We started very humbly at the Red Poppy Art House, and now half of the neighborhood wants to be part of it. So please come and contribute. There is openness. The door is wide open. Tomorrow we'll fly by the seat of our pants and the power of our hearts. So, 
Muchísimas gracias. Thank you very much. Diamond Dave, I love you, sweetie. Oh, um, we love yeah. you, brother. The door is open. Thank you, Jorge. Well, uh, and now coming through, thanks to uh, Bunflower for, for uh, giving her heads up. And here she be, Sarita, welcome. Hi, thank you for having so, me on the show. And, uh, Sarita you described de la to me as a poet or spoken word sister. And I'd love to hear some of the things you do. Welcome. Thank and you. whatever else you might want to say to join the... Um, uh, welcome to the mix. Yeah, um, it's it's fun to be here. It's a nice, well, nice energy. Wanna, make it fun and put it out around the planet. What could be better? Nothing. Anyway, you missed my B-Day party. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't I invited you. either. Um, anyway, hope you're well, brother. it's good to have you here on the Common Thread Collective, Sarita. Welcome to the mix here. And I know you and I are going to be reading together at Cafe La Boheme tomorrow evening from 6 to 9. So uh, I see you've got some, uh, some things you want to share. Maybe there. Yeah, um, I, I brought three poems today. Um, tomorrow I will be reading others throughout the mission as well as I'm, I'm new, new to MAP, but I'm excited to be part of it. Um, just to plug that in, I'll be at the, uh, the library, the mission library, as well as La Boheme with Val. And then um, SF Mime Troop is also having their debut show for MAP, um, which is also in the mission. Uh, you guys can also find this event on Facebook. But um, the three the three poems I brought today, um, one is actually not totally about activism, but the other two I brought have to do with a border protest I went to um, in early November against um, School of the Americas Watch, and just found it to be a very powerful experience, especially growing up in Tucson, Arizona. Um, so I just decided to put these two things together for that. But um, I'm going to open up with a different tone really quickly, um, but I think it's somewhat applicable so shall i just dive in dive right in sister <laughs> dive on welcome in. in dive right in by welcome in take okay. it away okay this first poem is called cry you didn't stop loving me but you didn't set me free either way i'm chained to your feet no matter how soft the shackles are i lay in defeat i never ran away completely in a way i made these myself but that doesn't mean i didn't try and you held me down when i leapt to fly saying the ground was for me you didn't have wings, so how could I expect you to join me up in the sky, split between my toes and eyes, bleeding as my heart runs dry? Release me. Release me. No plane can take me on my journey. No one can carry me where I want to be. It must be me. Come from me. Come to me. Let me be. Let me go. Nice. So the second one is titled Sam, and this is about when I was waiting to get back into the States, um, which was hmm. very anxiety-provoking. I kind of felt like an asshole saying that. Can I say that on the air? Oh, yeah, absolutely. This is free speech radio. So you're free referencing, like, Uncle Sam, right? Like, coming back in? No, actually. No? Um, but what? I thought of that link. I was like, oh, my gosh, I should have tied that in. Um, but, uh, well, I can talk more about it after, yeah, after sure. I present it. Well, that's the beauty of poetry, right? Like, you write it about something, and other people take it in a very different way, right, in their own yeah. unique way. No, right? if, I, if I think if I change the tone, we can make it about Uncle Sam, but it's not how I initially intended it, actually. Um, people might think I'm a little crazy, but I believe in guardian angels. And um, Whatever name. I call the spirit. Yeah. I'm a Sufi with a spirit like Rumi. And if he's, he calls us a friend, 
Rooming at Feast calls, calls uh, the guardian angel we call guardian angel the friend. If you read that, you know Rumi? No, I don't. Right, yeah, Jadaludin Rumi. Can we find him? Uh, maybe we could get some word. He was a Sufi poet. Uh, 15th century. He's spoken Farsi. Maybe we can find a little Rumi to read. Uh, he wrote in Farsi. It was the peace and love, the hippie side of Islam, if you will. In fact, some terrible thing happened. Did you see that they killed almost 300 people at a ma in a Sufi mosque because they didn't like uh, it's uh, they're, they're about peace and love and understanding? But take that away. Uh, take it away, sister. All right. Okay, so this one's titled Sam. I stood in line at the border with my guardian angel, but I didn't know that's who it was. Despite being a white American, I was anxious about getting back into the States. Something about the wall... In addition, to its ex in addition to its existence. Made me uneasy. Trapped. I needed to get back. Did I have my passport? Yes. Yes, it was there in my pocket of my brother's camelback I had borrowed. I was doing breathing exercises in line. Sam complimented my camelback and introduced himself. Asked why I was in Mexico. He was a biker. Tall, maybe 6'4", a dark complexion, but with green-blue eyes, a hint of bad breath, and a deep voice. Older. At least twice my age. A little tired, but still strong with large, rough hands. Probably a good-looking guy when he was younger. He was holding an opaque plastic bag. Looked like 240s. I didn't ask. I was here for a foreign policy protest, I said. I live in California now, but I grew up in Tucson. Isn't it crazy how leaving your hometown and returning shows a different side of everything? So many things seem tainted. Sam agreed that things change, but they often get better eventually. I noticed the family in front of us didn't seem to have passports. Instead, they carried what looked like all their documentation, a thick folder of paperwork. Birth certificates were definitely included. Hmm. Sam went to La Choya High School. He has four kids. His ex-wife lives in Seattle and said he might have dated my English teacher for a while. He might have. He lives alone now in the outskirts of Tucson. It's peaceful out there. Sam travels to Mexico now and then, just across the border. I don't know why. Otherwise, he doesn't leave Arizona. He just rides with his American Legion group. They're all bikers, but they're good guys. Sometimes they raise funds to help local charities out, he said. Was he covering something up? Maybe. I'm not sure it mattered. The line slowly inched forward. We both commented on how it was interesting to see all the older people in line jumping to the front. I thought he was over 65. I didn't ask. Sam continued to tell me all about the American Legion. I didn't know anything about bikers. He said they were started by World War II vets coming back and wanting to stay together. They stayed together and rode their Harley-Davidsons around. Then things got tainted for a while. But he said they were good guys now. A good community. Sometimes they have poker rides, pay to play. They ride to each stop where they pick up another card. At the end of the ride, the cards they picked up along the way are what make up their hand. Sounded like fun. They were getting closer to the front. We were getting closer to the front. There's one of those terrible revolving gates you have to pass through before you're in the final stretch to the immigration official. Sam said he felt like we were cattle, passing through. I told Sam about how I was recently unemployed. I didn't know what I wanted to do next, an open door waiting for something or someone to walk in. Sam said perhaps I should walk out. Hmm. He had a point. Front of the line, I pull out my passport. All I brought was my passport. Sam tells me he thinks my next job is going to be really great. He just has a feeling. It's good to hear that. An hour and a half later, I walk into the US. I wish Sam the best. I don't wait. Later, I realize who he was. Thanks, Sam.
that was... Was he? Huh? Who was he? Uh, I called him my guardian angel. Oh, I get it. I got it now. It comes full circle. It was uh, Sam, your guardian angel, an uh, old biker pushing 65. Yeah. That's a good one. And, nice. Uh, Carrying and, 240s. <laughs> and what you're doing, I think, is called... One for each wing. <laughs> <laughs> Interior monologue is what that uh, I call that, uh, which you just read. Yeah, yeah. You're both a description of what you're doing, but also your thoughts going along. Yeah, one more, eh? Yeah, one more. Perfect. This will be a little faster, um, but I wanted to immortalize Sam a little bit just because he's such an interesting person. I love that. Latoya, by the way, is um, not a great high school in Tucson, and Sam lives in Suarita, which is also not a great part of Tucson, but I just thought that was so funny. Anyway, any tea locals out there might know what I'm talking about. Anyway, um, so this last one is called Activist, and it'll be a little bit uh, faster. So, I have a need to compete with those who are like me. Why do I not instead try to fight alongside them to attack what needs to be brought down? Why do I not instead join their sides to move forward quickly, briskly weaving our talents together, jab from beside, hit from behind? It's fine. They've known this has been coming. I have a need to make bleed, just a little, to make sure they're human, the others who seem to be like me, just to make sure they feel the need to fight the way I see it. They don't need to see the same scene as I do, but they do need to see the same issue, the same changes that need to be made, the same conversations that need to be had. Where does talking end and fighting begin? Where does loving end and hating come in? These are feelings and actions we have. When is their proper position? If not now, then when? I understand that a large mountain can be overwhelming, but you climb the hills of San Francisco every day. You go hiking outside. How is that different? Wow. That's such a welcome. Yeah. This is Serena. Welcome to the Common Thread Collective. Thank you. Yeah. Because as you see, as you may have witnessed, that they're doing more together than any of us can do on our own. They're all in this together as part and parcel in the Common Thread right here. Yeah. So always welcome to come by. You have something you want to put out there. You don't have to wait to get it accepted by this literary journal or that. <laughs> you can come on, come Someday. on, and yeah. herd around the planet. Yeah, when I cut yeah. to the chase. <laughs> anyway. Okay. I'll yeah, say, welcome. Yeah. We're here every Friday here at Mutiny Radio. That's at the corner of Twenty First and Florida here in the Mission District of San Francisco, and uh, streaming around the planet on MutinyRadio.fm. So if you're out there listening and you want to listen, and you're there on the website, just go to podcast and you'll see scroll down to common thread collective where blood we flower brought you i told you about this i want to give my, my about a blood flower for letting you know that this is a place you might want to be yeah no and also thank you blood flower for bringing me and this has been really great so well should we continue sister welcome yeah. anytime it's great happen awesome. to have you here yeah each and every friday most each and every friday that's right we're here basically every friday of the year except uh maybe the weekend the week of like christmas and thanksgiving <laughs> i'll actually be in mexico then so that's okay right on <laughs> me too sometimes really? sometimes oh, yeah sometimes? you got to go down to baja and like get some <laughs> get some sunshine you know whenever you can yeah Right on. Well, Thank Sarita, you, we'll see you tomorrow at Cafe La Boheme. Yeah, actually, yo, one more plug. Yeah. yeah. Um, library, La Boheme, but as well, SF Mime Troop. Um, it, it'll be the first show for them. Oh, so. my where, where is that going to be? Which venue or where? what uh, location? S- SF Mime Troop is on, I want to say, 22nd and Treat. 22nd okay. and Treat, I think. That's it. Treat. Right on. Yeah. yeah. And the whole schedule for MAP, M-A-P-P, Mission Arts and Performance Project, is at M-A-P-P-S-F.com. Great. So, so we're all connected. you should be able to find all the different venues and things all, all around connected. the mission. <laughs> all, all connected. connected. <laughs> Will you tell, speaking of the library, 
Uh, Allison, come on in. She's coming in and you're going out. She's going to take your chair. Oh, yeah, the library lady is look around. Who's here. We've got Jack Millinder. Hey, Jack. Yeah, Hi. come on in. G- good to see you. We're going to tip, tip that mic a little bit more directionally towards where you're going to be speaking. Tip it down a little bit. Okay. There we go. Beautiful. Thanks for coming back. It's always good to have you in here and uh, part you. of the common thread. Okay, um, well, I have a, a three or four little tiny poems. This first one is called Reflection. Does he who dwells behind the glass wherein I look suspect what he will find if he should wink? The kook he sees must right then wink my other eye. Who'd think? Supposing I then trace with my right index finger diacil loops in space, his south paw circles linger with counterclockwise grace. Quite complimentary and yet contrarian. Sincerest flattery with artful varian. In portrait to my left hangs she beside our mirror by whom my heart was reft, since which I've been joy's fearer. But likely mirrored me, if he glanced right, would see some nymph whom he rebounded to since losing not one week to rue, leaning languorous on his wall, his joy, his flame, not fleeting all. Thank you. This, is, this one's called Recoil. It isn't that there's no relief from love's rejection's stunning grief. There's surefire consolation to be found where the booze does gush, or when smoke's fine inhalation, whether they're legal or ill. But more inward invigoration in the runner's endorphin rush, and more heady exhilaration in the biker's adrenaline thrill. You'll soon be rebounding from lost joy when you're some new sprite's lover boy. <laughs> that... That's a story called reality, huh? This is, yes. <laughs> this is called uh, Remodeled. Ooh, the large ours. duplex at Market and Third was long shared by the Joneses and Smith. Then they left. To where? They left no word. Sounds like one of those strange urban myths. Yet a janitor, when they'd moved on, told me there across the street on the lawn that they'd kept the place clean, then said, but between the bo- bedrooms, a doorway'd been cut. Uh, hmm. I have one more. This is called a hippie sigh. Hot gamboge star, your beams concupiscent beat upon your tiny inner orbs. Your heat the heart absorbs, pumps out in raptures sweet and other kinds of heat. Whatever else you mankind call, this does make rabbits of us all, like so many hares, the deers. Therefore, desire holding such a place within our beings, we should be doing it very much so often, fervently long, good, were free love somehow resurrected alive as ere AIDS had elected to try its hex on sex adventures, as though Eros had need of dentures, then couples could with friendship share the relish of joy's sweet affections and let menages roam once more in love's akatra sex connections. Thank you. Always good to see you, brother, and always with another I like the fact that you know that you can keep coming back. Thank you very yeah, much. This is it. This is not a, a quarterly journal. This is not a literary journal. There's that, but it's something which all you have to do is sometime during the week before any time of Friday say, hey, I'd, I'd like to put it out there. I'm, this is ready to get to the people. I think I'll go down here and we be the Common Fed Collective Mutiny Radio. Thanks a lot, Dave and Val. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Jack. It's a, I like your poetry a lot. And Dave, uh, I... <laughs> then the library lady chimes in to tell That's us she likes it. anything about hippies. So good. welcome well, back, I'll... library lady. Good yeah, to see you. Why don't you tip that mic so it's more directionally towards you? Perfect. Yeah, thanks, you guys. It's um, like 
the best time of day to be here. The sun going down and it's all pink and glowy inside. Oh, so yeah, um, nice. Jorge introduced Map, and Jack's poem fit right in with what we're doing tomorrow. It's um, I feel like it's a special map because it's the last map of the year. Right. And um, so I feel like this is our second or third time at the library doing what I was calling the Holiday Arts and Performance Project because it's December. But um, David Kubrin helped us pick a theme about the direness of our situation, many situations. So now I'm calling it the Mission Arts and Planetary Protection project beautiful for so, december so is that the theme planetary protection what is the map theme this month the map the... theme this month i knew the librarian would have a reference for us i brought it with me it's called rethinking the unthinkable no nuclear weapons anywhere this is one of the most pressing topics because we have somebody in charge who um well to put it mildly He's forgetting himself. He's forgetting his responsibilities. Um, and he's trying to stir up trouble where no trouble needs to be stirred up. People look to our country for um, guidance a lot of times. Yeah. Whether they need um, budgetary help or they need refuge. Right. Or they need a new start. Right. We're, we're um, he's leadership. discouraging. And he's promoting something that is leading us down a road that is so scary that we shouldn't even have to think about it. But um, <clears throat> a good phrase to sum it up. Whenever Donald Trump is speaking, I always think duck and cover. Duck and cover. Donald so, Trump's in anyway, town. Anyway, yeah. Um, well, in the Oval Office. David's going to come tomorrow to the library and um, read some poems. David Kubrin. And anyway, so rethinking the unthinkable, no nuclear weapons anywhere. Humankind demands these genocidal and colonial weapons be banned. There is a nuclear weapons ban worldwide. And everybody has signed it except us. That's right. It was, and this is very recent as well. This is this right. year the United Nations voted. It was like 125 countries voted to ban nuclear weapons. And the U.S. refused to be a part of that, um, part of that vote and part of that uh, negotiation. That's right. And then right after that, we also uh, re took ourselves out of the Paris Climate Agreements. And now everyone else has signed, even um, Nicaragua and Syria, which were the last two countries, probably because they had emergency situations going on, but mm -hmm. two countries that need our involvement. Mm -hmm. we're, we've been stirring up trouble in Central America and the Middle East for so long that Decades. both of those countries are completely unstable and suffering from um, global warming disasters of all kinds. Yes. And um, mm -hmm. so we did have our own contingent, but we need to now be the contingent for peace. 
um, and protecting the planet. And so that was my own little miniature theme. Yeah. Just, um, and Jorge came and said a, said a prayer for us all today when he sang. He did that. That's what he does. Jorge yeah. Molina, so glad to see him come to the door. And that's uh, give us the time for the at the library tomorrow. Oh yes, so the library will will be having some music and poetry. There's an open mic segment, um, Dave. If you have time to drop by, we're starting two thirty and probably running till four or four thirty. Yes, four thirty. I'm going to go backwards with the lineup. We have. Closing, we have Trio Cambio, which Trio has Cambio. been here often. Often. My B-Day party. They were the stars. There's so many people playing at my B-Day party at Adobe Books. But Trio Cambio always makes my heart, my heart, the other sisters and their themes so beautiful you know that they'll be at MAP. Between, at the library, what could be better? Go ahead, sister. That's right. So this will be outside, I'll 24th be there. and Bartlett. The music kind of streams down the alley. It does. And mixed in with poets, uh, including Sarita, Sarita, Sarita de la Madrid, who was just here, and um, Hermon, David Kubrin at 3.30. I have room for some drop-ins. I'll be dropping in. And um, Bloodflower will play music at 2.45. I'm going to do an opening statement of sorts at 2.30, but um, if somebody wants to come and bump me, that would be great. No, bump you. You've been working hard. Go ahead. Um, so that's the lineup. Trio Cambio, David Kubrin, Sarita, Hermon, Bloodflower, and... Um, Anybody that wants to drop by for maybe a five to seven minute segment in between. I'll drop by. See you there. And uh, we'll just cross our fingers that it doesn't get too windy. I'm just trying to keep it simple because what happens is if the weather's good, people do drop in. Um, That's and a good thing. blood flowers help me put out feelers. The um, So just to sum up MAP really quickly, it's, as Val mentioned earlier, MAP sf.com m-a-p-p-s-f.com mission arts and performance project this is right from the website a bi-monthly community event that transforms garages cafes living rooms studios and small businesses into makeshift art and performance spaces all different expressions of art and become part of the mission district's culture all expressions are welcome and as long as they have that sense of community that they have been encouraging for all these years. And um, if I have a second, I can go down the venues. Do it. Um, there's a couple new ones, including San Francisco Mime Troupe. Beautiful. A new old one. Cafe La Boheme was back with a hosted by Bloodflower and EK, and I think Val will be there. I won't be, but go ahead. Revolution Cafe, Artillery Gallery on Mission, uh, Pathos on Harrison, another new one, Last Minute Gear. It's a storefront on 24th Street with art and camping gear. The kind of camping yeah. gear that lasts forever is what they told me. Yeah, they, it's like a if you don't have camping gear, you can go and rent it from them. It's all right on 24th Street. Yeah. 
and Alley Cat Books. Uh, I think that's her. Oh, Red Poppy Art House and Pathos on Harrison. No secret garden this time, but um, that is how Trio Cambio is making themselves available. And Sophia of Trio Cambio will be at Cafe La Boheme also. Beautiful. Anyway, thanks, you guys. Thank you. Again, what time is uh, Oh yes, the library. Oh yeah, the library will start at two thirty. Um, oh, and please look on the website for the times for the other venues. Last minute gear. I told him I'd mention it. They're also in the afternoon. I think they're going to start around three. Well, evening at ten. So um, please look them up. They've got a great lineup. Well, that's wonderful. And and they've got lots of seating. Beautiful. And so, hey, Val, is there anybody out there who we haven't included yeah, who would like to be included? Is there anybody who we haven't gotten on to the stage? This is the, the, the ethos around here by Dave, the nobody goes away mad, nobody goes away sad, everybody goes away glad, never having done what they came to do. So uh, if not, I'm going to play a little music, okay, and then uh, I'll play a song, and then we'll, we'll wrap it up. And participate, and we'll wrap it up. Hey, Val. Yo, Dave. I'm, not, I'm so good to see you. Yeah, another. Uh, I always got. Well, I've said this before. I come. Uh, who did I get? I don't know. The people said they couldn't, and I always expected one day that there'll be nobody here and it'll be on it. But uh, but we always pack the place, and we always find that common thread, and that common thread be about peace, love, and understanding. And here we are. So Val, thanks for what you do. Thank you, people. Thanks for what you do. And folks, if you're listening to this wherever you happen to be, I'll see you next Friday if you come on through. And I can guarantee you that you have a place. Because nobody goes away sad, nobody goes away mad, everybody goes away glad, able to do what they came to do. And my role is to make sure that that happens, having a clock in my head, having done this for so many years. Decades, I have to say. Well, yeah, whatever people happen to think of me, that's true. Right on, Diamond Dave. And also, next Friday, we're going to have a guest in the first hour of our show, Steve Early, who wrote That's a book right. called Refinery Town. And we met him uh, a couple weeks ago at the uh, at CCSF Mission Campus for the Howard Zinn Book Fair. That's right. So that was a connection we made. He's going to be here next Friday, which is December 8th, I believe, or 7th, whatever that date and is. December is a great December 8th. Number, and I've been reading... Uh, uh, the library I'm, lady says December is a great time hey, for books. I think we could plug in any month, and the library lady will tell us. January is a well, great time me. for books. Well, February. Well, I'm 80 years old. I've been <laughs> on the planet, and the whole it has been a great time for books. And I wouldn't be sitting here. But Refinery Town, I've talk, I talked about it before you came in. Oh, okay. And the fact that he wasn't going to come this week, but will be coming next. And I've been reading it. It's a really an excellent book. Uh, next week, this is personal. We moved into uh, Richmond. Refining Town is about Richmond and the, the building of a coalition with the Green Party and others that goes all the way to the left to provide the, the refinery. And the refinery at, uh, in Richmond is where I didn't realize one of the largest refineries in the country, maybe the world. And it's, uh, it's, uh, the subtitle is Big Money, Big Oil, and the Remaking of an American City. And it's about, and it's forwarded by who? Bernie Sanders. Oh, interesting. And Very uh, so interesting. And we can read that too because Bernie picked up on it. And I was thinking, 
uh, Bernie is going, by, by the time we get to 2020, I heard Bernie for president 2020. He's uh, he's just a few years younger than me, you know? Yeah. So let's say, but, if I, but my guess, I'm putting it out there that we might see, you might hear it from me, that Bernie might step back. I could see him playing a secretary show. And uh, he says, I'm stepping back. And who's stepping up? You've heard it first by me. We first hear on this show from me, I think. Hmm. But Elizabeth Warren. I was going to say, that was... I was I was thinking Elizabeth Warren, you know it's like uh you know the yin the yang the hot and the cold, you know we we spring back and forth and like after this misogynistic freak that's in the White House right now, it's about time for a woman president. Woman, <laughs> and, and, and Elizabeth Warren has this, and I don't she's I, amazing. But I put it on uh, on a Facebook thing, and something oh she's just an establishment Democrat. Oh woman. no, but there's Give nothing that I've seen Elizabeth. That would lead to me that she's a Hillary and established dead dead. No. Maybe I missed something. Have you have you seen that? I, you know what? I think a lot of things are changing right now. You know what I mean? Like we went from this very clear two party system and then the GOP got kind of muddled with the Tea Party and all these people like getting into the GOP. And right now, actually if you if you follow Robert Reich, um, who's a UC Berkeley professor and was the former Secretary of Labor under Bill Clinton, um he actually just recently put out a little video about how there are actually six political parties that we could follow. And he, he kind of breaks it down um, how the parties are kind of, you know, subdividing, if you will. Um, and there, I think there's a lot of room for movement right now. So maybe if you were playing politics, you know, a few years ago, even a year ago, you kind of had to, you know, pick one side and stick to it. But I think what we're seeing right now is an expansion of those ideas, um, which is uh, uh, very encouraging to me. And I also uh, just saw, you know, how Facebook pops up once in a while, and it says, "This is a memory, you know, that they ha- oh, that yeah. they have for you um, in their memory banks of Facebook." And it was um, about it was Elizabeth Warren who was fighting against uh, big pharmaceutical. Um, you know, mergers. And I had written a note saying, you know, part of the reason we're in this mess, which was a year ago, November, December 2016, is because Congress has been speaking publicly, but acting quietly. But I've been really encouraged. So I shared it again, because my reflection on that is I've been really, really encouraged about the level and the degree and the force of a civic engagement that's been happening across this country for the past year uh, that, you know, that this, this really weird uh, GOP, you know, party that's been putting forth all of these terrible plans that are against civil rights, against human rights. People have been standing up across the country, raising their voices, acting on uh, their principles and stopping this t- these terrible pieces of legislation time and time and time again. And if you look back at this year and what the, this uh, Congress has been able to accomplish, it has not been able to accomplish what it's been trying to do. And that's a good thing and we need to keep it up. But I'm certainly encouraged by that and encouraged by the fact that we are expanding. People are expanding their understanding of what it means to be a citizen and, and what the party system in this country can offer. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Establishment Democrat, Elizabeth Warren, well, maybe when she had to be, but I, I really do think that she's acting she's in the public the, interest, the, which is millennial. the least we can Elizabeth ask from our public Warren. officials. Well, yeah, so anyway, and, you're, and I say it's time for the women to step up and she's right. stepping up, and we'll see what, what happens. Yeah. To be continued. 
Word. That's for sure. Here's some music. And one thing I want to oh, say. Yeah. I want to one more sure. line. Let's put some music on. Yeah, yeah. But uh, all this to the good, to the bad. Uh, uh, I'm not sure if it happened. We can find out. But I believe the Republicans passed their tax plan today. Today, Which huh? is one of the most outrageous. Totally outrageous. Uh, outrageous. Feed the rich. Help the rich. Help the rich. That could even be imagined. And somehow they're, they're able to, the Republicans, this may, well, the only good side about it, this may be the final salute to bring the Republicans down when people realize what it was that they just passed and how this is going to spread millions millions of dollars in the in the pocket of the other one percent when it's going to uh, when it's going to be taking medic taking people who deserve it who need it who are part of it who need it off medical medical yeah and many things that just I just shake my right. head right and student loans student I mean loans. basically they're going to say if you have uh, student loans which currently if you do you pay an interest you pay interest on those loans and you can write that interest off on your tax on your taxes which you know I mean depending on how much you're paying off you know maybe it's a few hundred dollars but they're going to el- they would want to eliminate that but um, but they would give you a tax break if you have uh, if you're in uh, private education. I mean, there's so many things they want to lower the corporate tax rate from right now, which is thirty thirty three percent. I think they want to drop it down to twenty, which is lower than any other industrialized first world country around the world. And of course, this is for the very richest. Oh yeah, kind of thing, 30%. and and, and the corporate tax cuts would be permanent, but the individual tax cuts would would have a ten year expiration. Um, but now they've had all these reviews, and the the tax board or whatever is saying like, well, actually that would put us in this create this huge like ten billion like billions of dollars in deficit over the next ten years. Um, you know, it's just a poorly poorly conceived, poorly written, uh, written in the dark plan, uh, just to serve the corporate interests of those who pay for these politicians to be reelected, which is part of the political uh, profession. You know, you get elected and you automatically have to go back to work to campaign four years from now. And uh, yeah, go ahead, Dave. Crook Brothers and uh, those others who are who are sponsored bankrolling these uh, these guys these uh, republicans said that unless you get this passed that uh, we're going to cut out, cut you off at the pass well good let's cut clear. them off well, let's well, see what the, happens that's next. Ones. That's the Koch brothers right. and these other uh, who believe they're running things from the. Oh, it's just terrible. Right. Well, enough said. Val, so glad to have you here. You too. It's another amazing Great show. Great to be here. Mixing, mixing it all together and casting out a wide net and finding that common thread. Take it away, Val. That's right. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll, I'm going to read a little poem and then I'll throw Please some do. music on. All right. So, you know, our friend E.K. She, she's amazing. She has a, quite the discipline as a poet, and she'll write a poem a day in the month of April, which is National Poetry Month. And so this year, this past year, she picked a theme, which was peace, love, and understanding. And so every day she wrote a poem. One day it was a peace poem. Next day it was a love poem, et cetera, et cetera. And so she wrote a poem about how peace is not talked about necessarily in like media venues and things because in the arena of of media because peace is ordinary and so I wrote this poem uh, the other day It's, it's almost a complimentary piece to hers and here it goes peace is unpopular often presented as sappy packaged and sold as girly 
Peace isn't ready for prime time. Peace doesn't get in line with the lineup of Lethal Legacy, which wants peace to keep its nose down, its hair off the ground, get in the game where it's pound for pound. Peace doesn't compete. Peace is not a part of the machine. Peace doesn't get airplay, sometimes not even on a Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Peace doesn't worship kings because peace already knows the color of blood.
Thank you so much for listening to the Common Thread Collective this fine Friday. It is December 1st, 2017, and uh, we've had a great time today. I really want to thank Roman F- F- uh, Reimer from the Weekly Review for sitting in uh, for me at the beginning of the show while I went and schmoozed with some old friends. So it was uh, always a good time to be here at Mutiny Radio, and it's great community. If you'd like to have a show at Mutiny Radio, you may. 
maybe. But all you have to do is email our director, email director at mutinyradio.fm, and uh, you could set up a time, talk about coming in to train on our uh, boards and such. And then uh, after about 20, mu- 20 hours of training, there's a bunch of open spaces on our schedule, two-hour slots every week. Um, all you got to do is pay a few dues per show. So if you and a friend want to get together, even cheaper. But two hours of studio time here in San Francisco every week for 100 bucks a month. Nothing, almost Nathan. No, I won't. I won't say that. I have certainly been the poor artist myself, um, and in many ways, still am. But I am rich, rich in community, rich in friendships, and the connections that we make here in San Francisco. And uh, stay tuned. The happy hour comedy is coming up next, as it happens every Friday. So here's some music for you, um, <clears throat> as selected by our next DJ, George, who's going to be hosting the. Uh, happy hour open mic for comedy peace y'all we'll see you back here next friday love ya
Georgie, hearing me? Okay. Bye.